0: Greetings, this is Chris Zirkle, and welcome to He Transform Me, where you can experience audio, video, and written stories of how people's lives have been transformed by having a relationship with God. Visit our website at hetransformme.org, listen to our podcast on anchor.fm forward slash Me, and be sure to like us on Facebook. If you would like us to feature your story of how you were transformed, contact us. We can voluntarily film your story, record an audio version of your story, or you can submit a written version. My name is Robert, and this testimony that I'm gonna give happened to me when I was 12 years old. Um, My parents um, owned a country store um, in Friendship, North Carolina. And one Friday night, we was getting ready to go home. As it um, typically was, my father would always drop his vehicle up to the front door and so me and my sister were always try to fight and see who was going to get in the front seat to sit with dad so this particular Friday as he pulled his car up and I was getting ready to come around what we had was you call those big containers where they kept sodas and stuff in back then during those days because that was in the 70's um, as I was getting ready to go around the corner a man, where well, two actually two men ran in, one tall guy and one short guy. And the tall guy, he grabbed me by my throat, and he put his finger under my nose, and he told me, he said, if he even much as breathed on my finger, he said I'm gonna blow your brains out. And so um, the little short guy had what had a Rambo boy knife, and he went around to the to the back of the counter where my father was. Um, and he cut the phone lines and everything, and he asked my father where was the um, the money at and stuff. And so, of course, my father gave him the money at the time. And at the same time, this was going on, I was holding my breath. I literally was holding my breath. And um, and so once he got the money from out of the cash register and stuff, um, they told my mom, my dad, and my sisters, which was far off in the corner. To hold their hands up, and then he went over there. He he took my he never took my mother's pocketbook because it was on his shoulder, but he took my father's wallet out of his um, back pocket, and um, uh, and as he was getting ready to um to leave, he told my dad. He said, "You can find your son down the road in a ditch," which we all know what he he meant when he said that. So my dad. Started crying and this is the first time in my life. I ever seen my dad cry I never ever had seen my dad cry before but that time my dad just broke down and started crying And he said, please don't take my son. He said my son. He hadn't even lived his life yet He said take me instead and leave my son here. And he said no He said I'm taking him with me. And so the short guy he looked up at the other guy who was tall. This guy was about like 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, he was real tall. And he said, uh, he said, man, we got everything we, we want. He said, just leave him. And then he paused for a minute. And then he looked at me and then he just shoved me down on the floor. But before they left, he told my dad, he said, we got a guy across the road who's got a um, a rifle. He's a good shot. The first one who put his head out the door, he's going to blow your brains out. Now, you got to remind, this was during the 70s. So, back then, country roads and stuff, they won't um, lit it up with big old poles with lights and stuff on. So, it was pitch dark out there. And so, um, so, they left. And my dad, he waited about 10 or 15 minutes. And my dad said, well, I got to go and get the police. Now, the nearest police was in Apex. And so that was about 20 minutes away from where we were, if not a little bit more, but just about 20 minutes. So my dad said, well, I got to go. I got to do something. So my dad told my mom for us to hide in the storage place where they would normally, where the trucks would deliver our food and put them in the storage place before they'd stack them on the shelves. So my mom took me and my, uh, my three sisters and she locked the door and we hid back then, my my dad left out. and We heard his call when he pulled off. About 10 minutes after my dad left, they came back. And they started pounding on the door, and they said, we know you in there. Let us in. And my mom was telling us, shh, be quiet. Don't say anything. And so all of a sudden, We just started hearing gunfire everywhere. They just lit our door, they lit that door up. They just started shooting, tried to shoot the door down. And then they even paused, they reloaded, and they started shooting again. Mm -hmm. Now, once I became a dark man, I understood that it was nothing but God that held that door open. Because I meant they literally um, shot that door from top to bottom. It was bullet holes everywhere. And finally they left. And when they left, um, um about maybe about 30 minutes later, my father came with the police and investigators and all of that stuff. And um we come to find out after that happened. We my dad and mom found out about two or three days later that these same men had actually went to the to the little town which is called New Hill before you get the Um, friendship and they actually raped the old woman that was in there and made her husband look at them while they raped his wife and then when they got through raping her they made her look at it while they killed her husband and so we was the next town and so once they left us they went to Raleigh and they robbed two from the reports they robbed two 7-elevens and Raleigh and killed the clerks in both of them. And so when they finally well, before they caught caught all of them, the little short guy that I was telling you about, he actually couldn't deal with it, so he committed suicide, cause he couldn't deal with the pain and stuff that what they did. But the the taller guy they actually caught him, and they and right now as we speak, right now he's pulling life without parole in arm. Um, and Central Prison in Raleigh, but they asked him a question. They asked him, they said, why did you do it? What made you do that? And 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 then they asked him, they said, do you have any regrets? And he said, yeah. He said, I got one regret that I didn't kill that that young black boy that was in friendship because he said my mission was to kill somebody in every place we went. And they, he said, the only um, person that survived was him. He said, that's my regret, is that I didn't kill him. Oh. And so, as I grew up and got older, and when I gave my life to the Lord, I understood that it was the Lord that protected us, specially protected me and kept me from um from falling into the hands of this madman and him killing me because God had a purpose and a plan for my life. And so his hedge of protection covered and protect me and not just me, my whole family too because that was a night that I never ever forget. And like I said, I held my breath the whole time that he held. He had my finger to my nose and even the police and everybody said that was virtually impossible to do that. They even knew it had to have been divine intervention for me to do that. Because they, they was there for minutes. And the whole time, like I said, because I knew he was serious. Even at 12 years old, I knew he meant what he said. That if I did do that, he would have killed me. So I held my breath. And that wasn't nothing but God didn't intervene. How he did it, I don't know. Only God could do that. Thank you for listening to He Transform Me. If you were touched by the story you just listened to, we encourage you to visit a local church. The Lord loves you and wants to have a personal relationship with you. Feel free to contact us at HeTransformMe.org, and may God bless you.